My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today is a very special podcast extra where we're talking about our trip to NXT Live. And when do we start talking about NXT Live, Dan? Now. So, yes, June the 8th it was, and I'm going to give you all the backstory. So, this is dating back even before we went to Raw and SmackDown, where we spent the awful uh, amount of money we did on the tickets. Anybody wants to hear those stories, go back to our Payback podcast, where we talk about the Raw and SmackDown trips, and also the, the following weeks well on the WNR, where we talk about our 205 experience. But this is different, this is NXT. So, I got the tickets as a surprise for Dan. Because, of course, it was our two-year anniversary. You know, we just celebrated episode 100. And I thought, what better way of uh, doing it than getting, you know, tickets for NXT Brighton? Now, of course, I should say, the tour for NXT nearly nearly got cancelled, let's be fair about it, because of what happened in Manchester. Yeah. Um, Usually, we don't like to talk about the news or anything like that happened. But, of course, we had terrorist attacks in Manchester at the Manchester Arena where NXT were going to hold a show there, they cancelled that, and so they just did Aberdeen, Leeds, uh, and Brighton as well, of course, at the Download Festival this weekend coming as well. After all the horrible things that happened, we just went there, not sure what to expect, but we're just going to enjoy it, and I said that the day before, didn't I? I was like, yeah. like what happens? No one is going to, uh, nothing's going to get in my way of enjoying this experience, so what were your thoughts of it before we even left? You know, what were you thinking? What would it be like, you know? Um... You know, I thought it would be, I knew it wasn't going to be a televised show, so, you know, I didn't have too much high expectations for it. You know, I just thought it was going to be a standard wrestling night. We'd seen a few before, and, you know, I think it was just going to be on the lines of them, really. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I had a couple of dreams the night before about it, and I was thinking, oh, this is, you know, Bobby Roode's what I want to see. There's a course and a big good dream McIntyre. But I wasn't really sure what to expect. We've never been to Brighton before, have we, for a wrestling show? No. I mean, the past few years going to the O2, it's quite a simple little drive, isn't it? Just uh, yeah. basically an hour from where we are anyway. And the O2 is quite a big arena, holds about 16,000, doesn't it? So, And it's very well uh, signposted and, and everything's uh, great there. So we started Thursday, 
Started at half seven. Doors were open at half six. What time did we leave? We left uh, about two-ish. Yeah, two o'clock. Yeah. We had everything that we needed, all the charges, all the, uh, the equipment, as it were, for the trip. Made sure we were prepared. Uh, and, yeah, we, we, we travelled up there, and it took us, what, 90 minutes to get up there? Yeah, about 90 minutes. Uh, the weather weren't too bad, was it? I mean, it was a little bit overcast. Uh, there, was, there was a few showers and stuff like this as well, but nothing too major as we got to the show. But we didn't know where the Brighton Centre was. We didn't know whereabouts in Brighton it was. We weren't really sure what to expect anyway. Um, so, so we did arrive, like we say, we arrived there about half three, four o'clock. So we were still two and a half hours before the show even began. What was your thoughts on the Brighton Centre from the uh, outside? Uh, it looked very tiny. Yeah. You know, we managed to walk around it. With relative ease, you know, because when we first arrived, we was parked out the back. And, you know, we went for a little wander just so we could get our bearings, find out where it was. Went around the front. There was a couple of people. But, you know, as I say, it didn't look too big as a whole, you know, for an arena. Yeah, I mean, it was probably about, I don't know what it would be, like one-eighth the size of... uh... The O2, do you know what I mean? In that way, yeah. there wasn't, uh, there's no exit, no access to get t-shirts at that moment in time either. So it's basically like, say, we had two and a half hours to kill, uh, and we decided to go and get something to eat, as we always do, Dan, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we went. Oh, to, it's up to you. If you want to tell the story, well, no, no. Get. So you know, we went to find a local eatery, managed to Google Maps a McDonald's, and there was one relatively close to us in a little shopping centre. So you know, we went there for some food and. So we went some food, and then we noticed that, um, of course, Drew McIntyre and Oscar were at WH Smith, which was just a downstairs uh, lot. Unfortunately for us, at that moment in time, as we got there, they were already closing up, weren't letting anybody else new onto the line. So we took a couple of pictures as we could. Uh, we've about it, but at least we had a McChicken sandwich. So, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I was offset on well, that. Well, it, it was, you know, something kind of expected that turned out to be quite fun, you know, just to at least see them. Um, in their normal setting, in, yeah. you know, normal clothes, Oscar smiling, you know, not being a normal evil <laughs> self. Yeah, and, and what was funny as well is when we went back to the car, of course, anybody who's ever listened to the WNR podcast and its history knows we had a butler who's now our chauffeur. And, of course, uh, he was driving up there. We had just told him what had happened to uh, Oscar. I showed him the picture <laughs> that we got of him on the phone. Yeah. And uh, he looked in the rearview mirror of the car and he said, what, is that Drew behind us? <laughs> He was like, shut up, looked up, and lo and behold, he was coming out the back entrance of uh, the shopping centre. Yeah, exactly. We didn't realise Oscar was there as well. Uh, so we waved and shouted at them. They got into their um, uh, tinted, what were it? Tinted windows, yeah. like Mercedes car. And drove round. What, what, the, the funny thing as well, we should have been explaining, we say, chauffeur didn't really know where to go. So he thought he was parking around the front of the building, where in actual fact, we were parking right out the back near the VIP entrance as well. So then, after about 20 minutes after we've seen Drew McIntyre and Oscar, we were just sitting there, I was having a smoke, and uh, I noticed these two big coach fools show up. Now, if anybody um, wants to see any of these videos or photos, of course, they're all up. Uh, the video that I'm speaking of right now is up on Twitter. We'll be up on Facebook as well, and on YouTube, we'll be up on Facebook. Just follow us you know, on Twitter. If you go to WNet Review, you'll see all the NXT shows. Uh, yeah, and two big coachfuls of people. And I, and I said to you, God, that's a couple of big guys in there. Looks like the Authors of Pain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. And like I say, across the road. And it wasn't just the Authors of Pain. It was basically everybody, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, there was Cassius Ono, Roderick Strong. We saw the Authors of Pain. Uh, you was a bit late arriving to the other side of the road. But I saw Ruby Riot collect her bag to yeah. go backstage. Also, Eagle. 
Yes, William Regal was there, and we thought that's a bit strange. You know, usually he's not a, an on-screen wrestler, but we'll get onto that. So, that, and it was different, wasn't it? Because at the O2, because of the way uh, how big it is, they just come in through the back. You don't, you don't really see him, no. do you? You know, no, there's no fan interaction whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and what we had an experience of as well, because we've been to this sitting ball wrestling or other uh, wrestling around in Kent. And it, it felt very similar to that because it was quite a small occasion. You hadn't really nowhere to run themselves, did you? So they had to, uh, they were, so they didn't have a choice, really. They, they saw us there, even with McIntyre and Oscar walking around. It, it felt a lot, um, I don't know, inclusive, do you know what I mean? You actually felt a part of it. So uh, then we, we waited until the uh, doors opened, of course, which opened at half six. And we queued up. We thought we were quite far behind the line, didn't we? Yes, until we looked behind us and saw the queue stretching out twice the length from where we was to the front. Uh, and, yeah, you know, it was a very long queue behind us, so you yeah, know, it but, wasn't too bad. I mean, the audience there, I mean, with Raw, you're probably getting, what, 60% males and the rest kids and everything like this. On yeah. SmackDown, it's probably 30 40% male and then the rest children. I think with this one, it's good to say it's 85% guys like us, wasn't it, yeah. you know? Uh, late te- late teens, uh, late twenties as well. People, you know, in, in couples, and and the banter in the line as well was really good. We had a few guys behind us, and and what I liked about it as well, was everybody wanted to see Bobby Roode, and this made me laugh because we went there, Dan. <laughs> the amount of people was just like, oh yeah, we want, we want to see Bobby Roode, yeah, uh, which was just great. We queued up and got in. Uh, what did you think of the? Do you want to just tell us about the security checks they had in place? Security checks was brilliant. You know, it was. People with bags, I was getting their bags checked. Had to empty out everything in our pockets. Everyone got wanded as they went through, you know, so it was spot on security checks. Yeah. Uh, and then we got through and then we finally saw the t shirts, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, there was a a state a little stall. Oh. Olé! There was a there was a stall set up with a few selection of T shirts, you know, all the I don't know, um, T shirts, about eight to ten different yeah, NXT yeah, T shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean we cause that we talked about selection and Raw and SmackDown. They weren't that great. Uh, there was a lot more T-shirts here. Uh, obviously, no Nakamura Dillinger, which would have been nice, but of course, they're not part of NXT. But yeah, you had um, Officer Payne T-shirt, Alistair Black, Sanity, the NXT Tour Top, Oscar, two Bobby Roods, and of course, Ember Moon as well. Uh, yeah. And then you had a lot like, you had the NXT Top. I don't know how much NXT. 350 pounds. 350. You had the programs for a tenner. Um, Signed prints of... Uh, there was a Bobby Roode signed print and there was a signed tour card as well yeah uh, so I mean I was a bit like this is a treat for me as well because I much like NXT so Dan what t-shirt did you decide to get uh, I got two t-shirts I got an Alistair in today which is the first white t-shirt that I think we've managed to see yep. uh, and I also got an Authors of Pain the one which they are they was wearing at the tour, it says "War is our peace" on the front, yeah, and AOP on the back. Which yeah. <laughs> they're really smart T-shirts, you know. And I did ask you what you were going to get because whatever ones you didn't, I'd get the rest. So I was a bit like <laughs> kid in the sweet shop. I was like, I want that one, that one, that one, and that I one. I think aside from the Ember Moon and the Bobby <laughs> Roode T-shirt that you already had, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got them all. Yeah, exactly. So Oscar Sanity, the NXT tour. And of course, the Bobby Roode one there. I mean, you had the glorious one, like I say, the one you've got me. But the new one with him in like the Ole the, on the sh- the shadow of Bobby Roode is it, just a fantastic T-shirt. And I know I'm a huge Bobby Roode fan, but I thought it was really nice design that showed who was a real star there. You know. Um, well, anyway, so that was that. I had the T-shirt. So I got myself a program. It's ten pounds, and it was basically just a poster program. But I thought for the experience, that's what you got to have as well. 
Uh, and, and tickets now, like I say, I got surprised. The tickets were a surprise for Dan. When I ordered them, I ordered them, I think, the first week. Now, I thought, unlike the raw tickets, who I thought were front row and they weren't, I thought when I bought these, there was three rows in front of us. So when we went in, well, first off, you know, let's compare it to the O2. When we walked into the arena, I mean, how how much, you know what I mean? Well, it was about a five or 6,000-seater stadium as, a, as opposed to, uh, what, 25,000, 30,000? Yeah, so you had, like, you had your, your big stand, you know, behind us where we were sitting, basically. So you had the entranceway, nobody was there. Left side was a few, you know, like a 1,000. The, the right side was about 1,000. Then we had a couple of 1,000, you know, behind us, and the rest yeah. probably sitting on, a, sitting on the floor. It did feel more like, you know, the, the NXT tapings in, in a kind of, you know, that full style university of the kind of freeway... The way that the ring is set up as well, and I quite liked the setting. It felt more intimate again. Yeah, you know, we weren't far away. Everybody in that arena had—I say arena—everybody in that building had a good seat. You know, uh, and when we sat down, realised we had like front row. We couldn't fucking believe it. You know, no, uh, we, you know. Well, we as we go in, there's always ashes around, and we show them our tickets, and they say, "Yeah, you're here." Then, he, then I think she corrected herself because she had a very nice arse. I can remember because we was following <laughs> her for a little while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, she corrected herself. She's like, oh, no, you're down here. And then took us pretty much to the front. And she's like, yeah, you're in that front row there uh, along about the middle of it. Yeah. So, you know, we went and found our seats and we was very surprised. I, just, I, I, I couldn't believe it, you know. And, uh, and you see the pictures and we went on Twitter and said, like, don't hate us. These are our seats. We did retweet other people's seats. And like I said, it wasn't a bad one in the house. But, I mean, it was so weird being in front row, you know what I mean? It was... Uh, I don't say dream come true in that way, but I could do it again. <laughs> oh, most definitely, yeah. The only annoying thing is, is for some of the entrances, the ring announcer and the referee were stood in our way and we couldn't yeah. see too clearly. But, I mean, that is that is a real first That's world a problem. drop in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, that is a real first world problem. But, exactly, so it was fun. It was a level of excitement as well. The crowd were really hot and really into it. And... Um, you know, we were excited to be there. They had the big screen, and on the big screen they had uh, the, show, the top ten kind of... what was Betrayals. It? Is that, yeah, top ten betrayals. And we see, you know, more network content, a lot of adverts. And then uh, Charlie Caruso, she came out. And uh, i tell you something now, I will say this now. She did a fantastic job throughout the night, didn't she? Oh, now? most definitely, yeah. You know, she was constantly... She was either ringside, you know, she was always talking to the crowd during the intervals or, you know... She was just having a laugh and she went round the whole ring area and spotting out T-shirts and saying, who are you here to yeah. see? You know, she's having a few words with some of the fans, which was a good thing as well. Yeah, and even at the info as well, she came over to us and she was like, how are you enjoying the show? And we are like, I love you! <laughs> no, I, I played it really cool, you know. Um, <laughs> until Bobby Roode came Until out. Bobby Roode, we'll get on to that, but... Uh, no, she did a great job, and it is really difficult to try and get the crowd because the crowd just want to see wrestling. And when she's there, going, "Oh, are you guys excited for this?" Uh, she did really, really well. And I mean, of course, it helps uh, looking the way she does. But I mean, fair play for a woman in wrestling. It's always going to be judged on other things apart from look. You know, your looks and other things as well. She did a great thing, and you noticed a little trick of the trade which she was doing as well, didn't you? Oh, the uh, well, <laughs> she was wearing high heels, but she had these plastic stoppers, which kind of like spread the bottom of the hill so they wasn't piercing the ring when she was in it or piercing the mats yeah, on the outside. The, the, the wafer-thin mats. The wafer-thin mats, yeah. which there's a picture of, yes. of them. Uh, all the pictures going up so you will see how thin that mat really is at Indeed, ringside. Yes. But, you know, it's it's just another trick to the trade. And also, we, know, we was that close that we noticed about the ring ropes as well. Yes. They are 
we're not sure what colour underneath, but they have definitely been taped over. Yeah, and uh, we noticed as well as the night went on how squeaky the ring was as well. Wasn't oh it? yeah, it was like a bed. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like, I mean, I didn't mind, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit strange. But anyway, so then we had Ch- yeah, like I say, we had Charlie Crew, so she started the show, and then we had the opening, uh, which was the kind of well, triple. I mean, what did you think of the Triple H promo at the start when he was? Yeah, <laughs> No, I don't really want a video of him in WWE Studios telling us how fun it is to be at NXT when he's not there. You know, yeah. I, I would have much have, even though Regal came out later on, Regal to come out at the start and say, we're in England, this is NXT, and yeah. then, you know, that, that kind of reaction. That would have been better, yeah. Yeah, would have been better. Anyway, so I'm, I'm just picking holes here. Uh, the people next to us usually have a look around. Uh, we had two, well, two women next to us, didn't we? We had a woman either side of us, yes. Yeah, and yours we cannot was... confirm nor deny they may or may not have been dates. Yeah, exactly. So they were there, so that was good. Behind us didn't matter because they weren't touching me anyway. Well, uh, I had someone breathing down my neck briefly, and I smelt his gnarly breath. But... Well, I think I had a stomach to the back of the head at one point, but I didn't look behind me because I didn't need to because we didn't even need to stand up for the Matt. entrances. That's how good the seats were. Uh, so anyway, we got into the action, and the first match, Dan, was... Uh, the first match was Gentleman Jack Gallagher versus Trent Seven. A couple of... Well, a wrestler that I've seen wrestle twice before. You've only seen wrestle once, but... Yeah. Well, no, you've only seen wrestle once. He didn't wrestle... Oh, we didn't wrestle... Oh, wrestle so I've seen him wrestle yeah. once before, and you'd never seen him wrestle, so it was a good treat for you. Going against Trent Seven, which yes. is a wrestler that we both enjoy, part of Mustache Mountain. And your pick, of course, in the WU as well. He is indeed, yes. Uh, and what a reaction Jack Gallagher got when he came out. It was, oh, was... Jackie Boy chance and... Who started that? <laughs> I'll let you have that one. Well, exactly. You go back and listen, you hear me start Jackie Boy. But the reaction Jack Gallagher got at the start is, uh, is, is pretty fucking phenomenal, you know? Yeah. Um, especially for guys we're talking about. So talented on 205, not doing a lot there, but then can be put onto NXT and the you know, UK kind of scene, and it'll work out for him as well. Trent Seven, to his credit, got a great reaction as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah, brilliant reaction. And, you know, there was a bit of comedy japery before the start of the match, you know, both men, I don't know, just having a laugh, twiddling moustaches and... You know, going about their business. It was it was a kind of like yeah, not vaudevillian type style, but you know the kind of playing to the crowd. They knew they had a bit of time. The crowd was into him no matter what they did. Like I say, twiddling moustaches or posing, we were loving it any minute. Yeah, yeah. every minute, uh, and that's why we haven't got a lot of video. Of the first being front row and be able to literally be a part of it. We sat and watched it. Well, you know in the I mean? words of Jericho, he was drinking it in. Yeah, man. I mean it was it was a great. Uh, I mean, what how. What did you think of the match? Oh, I thought it was a great match. Uh, you know, both men, they, had a, they put on a good wrestling match. You know, there was a bit of comedy throughout the match as well. You know, they was having a laugh. I know it's it's not taken too seriously because it's not a live taping yeah, thing. But yeah, yeah. And it's submission. Yeah, every time it's submission. Ah! And we're like, ah! Yeah. Ah! Doing all the noises. Uh, funniest thing was as well, it was the sixth chant. We started chanting six and Trent yeah, Seven's like, what Trent you... Seven, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, help me. Uh, match ended with Gallagher hitting him with a fucking huge drop kick in the corner, didn't it? Yeah. And we see the chewing gum slash tooth come flying out and landing front row just it, nearby. Yeah, it nearly hit a... <laughs> so if that landed near me, I would have picked it up and kept it in a little <laughs> yeah. glass case. But... Yeah, exactly. You would have cloned it and had little Jack Gallagher's running uh, around. Trent Seven. A uh, little Trent Seven's running around. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, but no, and it was a fantastic way to start, especially for British British audience as well, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? So that was really fun. Right, now I should say, at this point, I was really into the match, jumping up and down. 
Uh, I only had a pair of tracksuit trousers on and a T-shirt. But for some reason, at these wrestling events, the big lights always seemed to find me. And when the, the entrances were fine, but during the match, the big fucking light was shining down. Well, they've got a massive rigging system up yeah. in the rafters and... You know, there's lights, obviously, they want to light the stage and oh, yeah, so they can show who's I, on. I was sweating, and I will say this, like a cunt, because <laughs> I honestly, I thought, oh shit. So then... The you were sweating of, like a mojo. I was, I was sweating like a mojo. That is in the WNR dictionary now. Uh, but, so then the next match, I was kind of a bit blurry. What was the next match, Dan? Uh, the next match was the Aussie iconic duo, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, be Riot. And Aaliyah, or as you like to put it, Numph. Yes, and uh, even though I did shout Numph a couple of times, I got kind of weird, a couple of weird looks, and I stopped it. Ruby Wright was really over, which is not easy to say. Yeah, and uh, you know, as again, where we are so innovative with the chance in England, it was Ruby, 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 Ruby. Ah, <laughs> yeah. which you know always goes over well with. Honestly, the, the crowd were fantastic. There were so many songs that we will tell you about. Uh, yeah, Ruby Wright, we got the video of her entrance as well on uh, the YouTube channel. Go and check it out. But I thought Peyton Royce and Billy Kay were very entertaining. They was. They come out with their annoying Australian accents, announcing it was National Best Friends Day, and they're the iconic duo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a fantastic picture that Dan got of Peyton Royce being caught on the top rope somewhere. Yes, I think she might have twanged her lip on it, and she's pulling a bit of a funny face. But, yeah. you know, that's that's what you get for sitting... On the ring rope. Well, honestly, they were really good. I mean, I say really good. They were really entertaining. The wrestling, I could leave. I could, you know, I could leave it. But uh, I thought they did a really good job of getting the crowd wound up. We thought uh, Ruby Riot would get the the victory, but unfortunately for her, it was uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. But yeah, what did you think of the match? Uh, again, you know, the match was it was quite good. It wasn't a terrible match. You know, we've seen a lot worse matches. Um, again, you know, with the crowd chants, who are you, who are you? And, you know, just having a laugh, seeing Ruby Riot in action as well. I think that was a very good point to it. And hearing her going crazy as she was going about her wrestling. Yeah, I mean, and what was interesting as well is, like I say, we see Ruby Riot. They obviously got plans for her in the NXT women's division. Uh, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay as well. But it makes you think uh, maybe Nikki Cross, because we weren't sure if we are going to see Nikki Cross at that point. If a Nikki Cross uh, Ruby Riot match would have been a lot better, obviously, but they wanted to probably get as many people as they could on the card. We'll talk about people that didn't uh, make it, but we're going to celebrate the people that were there at the moment uh, and talk about matches. I mean, up next, <laughs> what was the next match? Uh, up next, it was a match for the WWE UK title, and that was Pete Dunn versus Mark Andrews. I know, and uh, as you see, we got this extension. We got the highlights on YouTube. And you see Andrew's coming out, of course. I mean, we got we should say, we didn't even mention it, sorry. Right at the start, Lillian Garcia came out. Lillian Garcia came out, of course, yeah. She came out and sung the British National Anthem, followed by a minute's silence for the uh, Manchester and the London yeah. terrorist attacks. Which I thought was a really nice moment, especially Lillian Garcia. I don't know if she lives here or just came over for the, for the ride, but I, I thought it was quite a nice moment because we see a lot of Americana you know, on, in, in WWE, you know, singing yeah. the national anthems. It's good to have uh, to have it here. And we sang along and enjoyed it as well, didn't we? Most definitely, yeah. You know, the whole audience was stood up. They was all, well, a lot of them were singing along. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it was a very enjoyable. And 
It was kind of a bit American of us. Yes, exactly. But I think that's what we needed, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the NXT charts afterwards as well. But the reason I bring that up, because we high-fived Lenny Garcia, and then I high-fived Mark Andrews as he came around as well. Yes, I, I also high-fived Mark Yeah, Andrews you can well. see that with your camera when you're like, right, there you go, I'm going to high-five. James him. high-fived him, and as the camera's going down. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, but Dan, what a fucking match it was. That was a brilliant match, yeah. You know, uh, if you go and look at, our little high, highlights clip. There was a few brilliant moves. We also got to see Mandrews doing a stunner on Pete Dunne, which oh. was just uh, amazing. It, it was, and it was from the fucking, it, it was from the suplex attempt as well. It looked like, I, I don't know, they, they gelled so well, didn't they? they? They both wrestled really well together and, yeah, you know, it was, it's probably one of the best matches I've seen live. Yeah, honestly, it's fantastic, you know. And it reminds us of the sitting ball rest now, you know, that went all out to deliver. It was on the level of Ricochet Will Ospreay. I think that is the greatest match I've ever seen. That and the Young Bucks tag team match yeah. live. I think this one was really up there with it. Well, again, you know, like similar to the Jack Gallagher versus Trent Seven, it was very reminiscent of the local independence scene. Yes, yes, I think that's a great point. And I think Pete Dunne has kind of harnessed that as well. And the fans were fucking really into Pete Dunne when he came out. <laughs> oh, most definitely, uh, yeah, you know, for someone who's supposed to be a big bad hill, brilliant reception, bruiserweight chant. I know he's, again, another homegrown talent. So, you know, that might go in his favour being over here. But, yeah, the crowd absolutely loved Bruiserweight and they were chanting him throughout the whole match. And credit to Mark Andrews as well because I think there is someone there who could quite easily fit into 205 or Raw and SmackDown as one of those kind of Kalisto-type guys, you know, the, the, the underdog high flyer because Andrews pulled out some fantastic moves and we know he can fly as well, you know. Yeah, you know, he's done a which is no mean feat for a wrestler couple of top right manoeuvres done a suicide dive as well so you know he is a brilliant worker yeah and uh, like I said the end of the match fantastic Andrew's hitting that fucking stunner unbelievable and uh, Pete Dunne managing to hit the uh, bitter end for the victory but uh, honestly uh, and we gave them both a uh, standing ovation at the end because it was a fucking it, at, that, at that point in time I was like right we could literally go home now because we've seen this night yeah. uh, little did we know but even then, I thought, right, we're going to get an intermission. We heard about that. But that wasn't next, because the ne- next match was... The next match was uh, a six-man tag. And it was Roderick Strong, No Way Jose, and Cassius Ono going against Sanity. And, you know, to see... We, we'd had a quick look at the card that was expected for the show. And it's like, oh, what, this match again? Yes. You know, we've seen it yes. a few times, and it's like, oh, really? Well, and this is the thing as well. Uh, we talk about Sanity... You're not being a huge fan of them. Again, I'm not sure what they really do there. Roderick Strong, guy they're trying to build up, has not done a lot. Noah Jose, we're fans of, but again, it's that the same kind of thing with Cassie Sono as well. So we weren't really not sure what to expect. At this point, I had to literally turn, take, zip up my tracksuit trousers and turn them into shorts. At this point. I have no idea how I looked like for the rest of the crowd. But Dan, I didn't care. Do you know that? Because I, wow. was, I, was, I was melting in there. Um, but yeah, you took a real shine to Noah Jose, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, by the videos I've got of him, the pictures I've got of him, he come out, he was very entertained. He was out first. Yeah. He come out, you know, he was dancing all the way to the ring. We thought he was going to go up, but no, he come round and high-fived everyone in the crowd. I got a high-five off. I'm not sure you did, but... No, I touched Noah Jose. Oh, you yes, touched Noah yeah, Jose. I touched him, oh, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> anyway, but you know, he comes out, has a little dance, dances with the Charlie Caruso, the ring announcer, which I thought, you know, again, you wouldn't get that at a taped yes, show. Yes, it's yes. only something for, you know, the the smaller shows. But again, you know, it was nonetheless entertaining. Had a good dance. And then out comes Roderick Strong. Again, he got another great reception from the yeah. fans. Coming out, I think he was high-fiving everyone as he came around yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Cassius Ono come out again. Great reception. I think Ono got probably the strongest reaction out of uh, the guys in the match because I, I tell you what's good about seeing him. He's one of those guys that I don't know if he will have a big future in the WWE because of his age and what he's done. But he's one of those guy, one of those guys, a bit like Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, where back in the or AJ Styles even back in the day, Chris Hero as he was. Was, was wrestling these amazing matches with all these wrestlers. The DVD of CM Punk when he was in Independence and a match, a ladder match he had with Chris Hero went 45 minutes and it's one of the greatest fucking... So to be able to say I've seen this guy even though he's not in his prime now, I think Ono's kind of the hardcore fans' favourite. I think we saw that reaction for him there. Yeah, definitely. And I felt Sanity were a bigger deal live as well. I don't know what you felt about that. Oh, yeah, their, their entrance was great live. You know, seeing them come out. I think it's just, you know... Seeing them up close and personal as well when they come out around the ring and, you know, they're doing their sanity thing. Got some great videos and pictures of them as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I, we've compared them to the Whites, but it did feel kind of White-esque, but different. And I liked that. And I could yeah. see that at the O2 Arena. And Killian Dane looked like a fucking monster. Uh, uh, Alexander Wolf is impressing me more and more as we go along. Uh, Eric Young, he's just that voice and just that look of him, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Nikki Cross coming out with them uh, and that kind of the icing on the cake. And she was fucking brilliant, wasn't she? She out. was, you know, on the outside. And she was, again, responding to the crowd, what they was chanting, telling them to shut up and yeah. offering people out that was shouting abuse at her, so to speak. Well, it was, it, yeah, just great. And the interaction between her, she seemed to be enjoying herself with Alexander Wolfe because Alexander Wolfe nearly ran into her when they made their kind of entrance. And yeah. then they got the jacket and it's like, no, you throw it down like this and she was throwing down the jacket. She, honestly, she did look crazy. Like I say, yeah. she did a great job as manager. The action itself, though, like, I thought was a lot better than enough. Well, the action itself was great, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot better than some of the matches we've seen between the three of them. You know, it wasn't a long, drawn-out match. You know, it was it wasn't a short match, but it wasn't an overly long match that we've watched it enough to get quite bored with. So you know, that was that was also another good point. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Like the the action heated up towards the end. Uh, Roderick Strong got the hot tag in, and he did look great. You know, the, the way he delivers those backbreakers and the suplexes and stuff. Yeah. I really feel Roderick Strong is going to be a a contender in the heavyweight in the NXT title division. Like I say, he won't be champion. But anyway, it'll be something to keep Bobby Roode busy. But I was really impressed by him. Alexander Wolfe, again, I thought he was the he's the worker in that group as well. He, you know what I mean? Definitely, he, yeah. He, he performed brilliantly. Uh, even Killian Dane, you know, and the great <laughs> chant that he was getting yeah. as well. Everyone chanting, shave your back, shave your back, which, again, you know, it's a very comical thing. But it's I think it's something us Brits do, you know. Yes, we, uh, Bring out the lighter side of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, and also what was funny as well, we see, see it in one of the videos, Cassius Ono literally drops off the apron and then comes rolling towards us as well. So he's just, you know, he's just there and then Killian Dane comes over and you think, fucking hell, he's quite a big guy. But no, really good action. And uh, it finished, like I say, Roderick Strong beating Alexander Wolf, Sadly, not getting the job done, but fair play to them. And, uh, and then we had a little bit of... Um, a little bit special afterwards as well, don't we? Uh, yeah, you know, after the after Roderick shrunk the pick tree over Alexander Wolf. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, they cut Strong's music and started playing No Way Jose's dancing upbeat number. And, you know, they was all dancing around again, as you'll be able to see from the videos. They was doing the old linking arm cross. Yeah. And I, then I'll Cassius do... Ono was like, yeah. hang on a minute. And then done his like, little nipping up to his feet. And then he kept on going back and down, done that a few times. And then he had a little arm link with uh, No Way Jose. And then the yet was best to come because they managed to entice the referee into it as well. And I don't know, it was just the way he started because... You see him not sure about it. Then his legs started going and then he just went full yeah. into it. And, <laughs> you know, didn't care that he made a tit out of himself, done sort of a running man manoeuvre. But, yeah. you know, again, it was something that you wouldn't get from a toe. It was only something that you'd be able to get from, like, the homegrown. Yes, ex- without a doubt. And, and I feel as well, if we look at the difference between this and... Because we went to a Raw House show, didn't we, in September last year at the O2. Uh, and it still felt like it. Well, they were a million miles away. Where here they were having selfies with us. Do you know what I mean? They were coming out. Yeah, a lot yeah. of I've seen some bloke over the uh, towards the entranceway, and like pretty much every wrestler that come past him, they was all posing for yeah, selfies yeah, yeah. and that. Should have had the balls to ask, but again, you know, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, exactly. So, but I, I thought it was great, and um, and then Charlie Cruz said there would be a fifteen-minute interval, uh, and much then, to your relief. Yeah, oh, I was desperate. I was sweating. I, I literally had a jumper. I was dabbing my brow. I don't know what I looked like. I just looked like a weirdo. With your trousers mus- rolled up. Trousers rolled up, moustache, just sweating, you know. But you found it quite hot because you had your jumper on as well, didn't you? Yeah, I had my jumper on, but I didn't want to take it off because I was wearing a white T-shirt and I had a few pit stains, so I didn't want to, you know, expose them to the poor lady that was sat to my right-hand yeah. side. So the interval came, so we had 15 minutes. So at the O2, there is no interval, is there? There's, there's no. nothing like this. In the British wrestling that we've been to, there is an interval where you can go outside and have a smoke. But we thought, well, Brighton certainly probably can't go outside because you've got your ticket. Do you know what I mean? What, yeah. what can you do? But uh, where you were sweating so much, we had to go out of the arena itself and try and get some air. Yeah, we had to find a place. And luckily for us, um, there was like a smoking area where they opened up the big doors and they let people go out. And I think, fortunately, it was pissing down as well yeah which i think really helped me because uh i mean i got soaked when i was out there but i i cooled down considerably you know uh and we walked back in you managed to change your t-shirt as well didn't you i did yeah i put my officer pain t-shirt on which yeah. was uh quite fitting yeah and, uh, then we uh we got a drink we had uh, pepsi to begin with it's two pound still quite expensive but a lot cheaper than the o2 tasted a bit funky so i got myself a fanta orange which really helped me cool the down. Half. yeah i mean if, if anybody from fanta orange is listening you want to send me a couple of free samples of the drink then let me know uh so we had the interval and it was enough time wasn't there to, to chill out kind of enough time to have a fag queue up in quite a long queue get a drink and then get back to our seats in plenty of time for the second half of the yeah. show and charlie crusoe was there and she was doing a little bit of talk. Who are you looking forward to seeing? And then she introduced Mr. Or so I say, Sir William Regal. And again, you know, the response that Regal got was brilliant. One more match, one more match. And then, you know, he responded by saying, you wouldn't want to see me in trunks. <laughs> and then we responded by, yes, we would. Yes, we would. And then he said, sane. And then, yes, we are. Yeah, yes, yeah, we yeah. are. We which yes was chance as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I think at one point when he was talking, we were trying like four different things. You know what I mean? Each yeah. section of the crowd go absolutely crazy. Uh, and his message basically was like, you know, it's thanks to us, the NXT fans, 
who have made the uh, the promotion so big. You know, they said they were wrestling in front of 50 people a couple of years ago, and now they can come to the t- uh, UK for a tour and basically sell out. It was sold out in Brighton as well, wasn't it? Definitely, you know? yeah. There was not an empty seat in yeah. the place. Uh, so Regal came out, and then Charlie Cruz got back in the mic, and she said it was, uh, well, basically championship time. And she announced the next match would be for the NXT Tag Team titles, and it was what your T-shirt said, the Authors of Pain, uh, versus Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Now, probably, this is the problem. I'm not going to bitch and moan about it because it was a great night. But the problem with Authors of Pain being so dominant in the tag team division that they have recently and what's happened to DIY, there are no viable contenders. Well, whoever they're going to go against, they're going to get squashed. Yeah, I mean, you've got Heavy Machinery who are trying to build up. They're not a proper tag team. You could say there's not really any proper tag teams on NXT. Uh, We've seen uh, Sabatelli and Moss on NXT before. Sabatelli is the American football player. They forced him breaking ground a little bit because he was a millionaire in the NFL before coming to uh, the NXT. Uh, but Tino's biggest chant of the night was... Uh, what was his biggest chant? Tino's chart? got a package. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now usually I can I can see these things, but everybody else just seemed to have it managed. And Tino, I don't know what he had down his trunks. I think he had a can of Pringles. Yeah, honest to goodness, it was... It was <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're scared because we was quite close to him that was actually going to bite us. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, once you pop, you can't stop as well, can you? So <laughs> if it comes along. Uh, I mean, Riddick Moss is just generic. It's so generic, it's unbelievable. What did you think of the match, though, Dan? Um, well, we, we was half expecting just a complete arse whooping by the Office of Pain to Sabatelli and Moss. But in their defence, they did have a bit of offence throughout the match. You know, so it was it was a good little bit of back and forth, even though you know they was in the end crushed by yeah. Authors of Pain. I mean, Tino got the hot tag, didn't he? And he looked quite impressive. And then it was down to Philip Moss, like I say, to get pinned by the Authors of Pain. I think the best moment though was when the Authors of Pain did come out, and uh, they, they came out either side, and uh, we had Razar next to us. And one thing I know, I've been in front of many big men before, Dan. I mean, we had Jared here for God knows how long. But he was like a mountain. I have never seen a man so, like, thick in all my life. It was like tree trunks. And he stood right in front of me and, and you know, lifted the top back. And for some reason, I thought it was a great idea to start shouting, You the man! You the man! Again, again something you can actually see. On this. I, I don't know why I did it, but I was just impressed. And we, you said to me, you noticed there's no Paul Elliving there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that didn't matter because we, we like I say, we had the two big guys. And then all of a sudden, we had uh, Ray Zale and the calm kept looking over to us as well. And it was like, what what have we done to annoy these two big fellas? I was know? wearing one of their fucking t-shirts, for God's sake. I know, maybe, maybe they just didn't like us. Uh, but huge guys, really impressive. I mean, it's a great gimmick, but when you've got no competition, it, you, you can lack, it can lack a little bit. Uh, we didn't see the Super Collider, you know, the double powerbomb. But to be fair, I don't think that's a move worth, worth risking at a house show when you can yeah. seriously damage. Well, you know. it was a side Russian leg sweep with the uh, clothesline combo, which, yeah. you know, was, again, just as effective. Oh, yeah. you know, And they were dominant, like we say, the NXT Tag Team Champions. We'd seen them. We'd seen them on the coach beginning. We'd seen them right next to us. Uh, and then they had their match and uh, right by us again. Well, after their match, yeah, you know, they'd, <laughs> yeah. they'd had the hands raised by the referee. 
and come out and they was again stood in front of us. James went to fist bump one of them, but <laughs> I don't know why. he just looked at him as if he was going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I then that's it. when James cowered and sat back down again. No, I loved it. I was like, yeah, man, you can knock me out. What are the authors of going to take Just make sure you get it on video because that's <laughs> yeah. going on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, really, really enjoyable. I had called down at this point, so I was just really into it and I was like, waiting for the main event. We'd heard rumours throughout the day what the main event would be. We still weren't sure. But that wasn't it because we had the co-main event next, which for me is probably was the biggest match of the night uh, if you look at it on paper, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that was the Women's Championship match, the NXT Women's title, and it was Oscar versus Ember Moon. And, uh, I mean, what did you think of Ember Moon's entrance? Uh, it was great. You know, she got... A relatively good response, you know, considering she was going against Oscar, who's in, you know, Ember Moon's defence. Oscar's a lot more supported than Ember Moon at the moment, even though we're both big, big fans of Ember Moon. But again, you know, her entrance was great on par and, you know, she got a brilliant reception from the crowd. She did. And even though we were chanting, Oscar's going to kill you, you can hear me say, but we still love you, Ember, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and I've said before, Ember Moon and Oscar are on a collision course towards... NXT Brooklyn, and if this match and if it to go by, by then they can have a real good cracker, couldn't they? Because um, so before we get on to the match, though, talk about Oscar coming out, and we were talking about the wrestlers that we have seen. But I, m- me personally, when I saw Oscar, I just thought, there, here comes a star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, she, she came out, she just, the entrance, the music itself, you know, I wouldn't be able to say, oh, can you hum Oscar's entrance music? But when you're there and you see her coming out the way she does with a mask on as well, it's so theatrical. And uh, coming to our corner the way she did, you know, and taking the mask off. It, it was fantastic. It was a great moment, especially going through, uh, you know, what she's she's doing at the moment. Like I said, I've got an Oscar T-shirt, which says Oscar's, you know, still undefeated. We're going to talk about this on our WNR uh, roundup, basically, with the news about WWE finally mentioning Oscar's undefeated streak. But uh, we've, we've got some numbers. I mean, we'll talk about the match in a minute. Uh, well, we'll talk about the match now, and then we'll go on to some Oscar facts. Dan, what did you think of the match? Very good match. You can see that both women have worked well together before. Um, you know, they didn't really skip a beat either when it come to the two of them. Uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was... I'd say it was great preparation for what was about to happened between the two of them. Yes, yeah. I mean, Oscar t- had a lot of offence in the match. He was beating Ember Moon up. Ember Moon made a comeback, went for the Eclipse a couple of times. Oscar had it scouted, went out the ring one time, got caught with that, uh, the diving crossbody outside. And then the finish, again, uh, Oscar, uh, sorry, Ember Moon went for the uh, Eclipse, didn't she? Yep. And uh, Oscar pushed the referee out the ring. And the last takeover, or the takeover before when she did beat Oscar, she pushed the referee into the ropes and it got the pinfall that way. This time she pushed the referee, he ran underneath as Ember Moon went to jump off and then Oscar turned the crossbody around, didn't she, for the pin. Got the tights, we saw a handful of tights as well as referee counted it. So um, Oscar, there's no doubt who's the heel and who's the face here, but people still loved Oscar, didn't they? You know? Oh, most definitely, yeah. You know, you can't not love Oscar. Yeah, and uh, it was just a great... It was a great feeling to think, oh, yeah, we've experienced Oscar now. But, yeah, like we say, NXT Women's Champion Oscar, she hasn't been pinned or submitted since joining the WWE in 2015. So, earlier this year, the company started drawing attention to the number of wins she's racked up over that time and making comparisons to Goldberg's legendary WWE streak. So, we decided to follow along. 
yes, in late May, after she successfully defended her NXT women's title against Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross at TakeOver Chicago, all involved acknowledged the impress of tomorrow as possessing. As Stephanie McMahon put it, the longest undefeated streak in WWE history. Uh, one thing they didn't do, however, was put a number on it. While that gives them some creative flexibility to play around with a kayfabe accomplishment, we hold ourselves to a higher standard here, and we may have a touch in OCD. So, so on Wednesday night, June the 7th, NXT continued their United Kingdom tour in Leeds, and the champ teamed with Aaliyah to take down the iconic duo of Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Well, then for us on June 8th in Brighton, in perhaps a preview of, like we said, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, and maybe the streets end... Oscar retained the title in a match against Ember Moon. And with those, the streak stands at an impressive 180. Yes, so we saw Oscar's 180th (laughs) victory in NXT. Uh, Continuing to pad her lead over Bill Goldberg's WWE acknowledged 97 to 98 streak. Well, Uh, like I say, NXT is running at the Download Festival this weekend, and we'll keep you posted on how Oscar's dominance manifests itself at Dollington Park. Uh, but I said, we, when we were there, I said to you, I'd get the numbers. So, yeah, we saw Oscar's 100 and victory. That is quite impressive, isn't it? That's you know? a very impressive streak. Again, you know, we're not too sure on what Goldberg's official undefeated streak is, but I'm sure it's uh, Ember Moon has surpassed that now. Yeah, I mean, I say Oscar's he's gone to a, a different level with this now, and she continues as she heads forward. Uh, and we talk about heading forward as well. So up next, we had one match left. And that, uh, and that yes. was the main event, Dan, wasn't it? That was. It was the main event for you. And, you know, most aptly the main event for the show as well. So we had my man, Drew McIntyre, a guy who I'd met a couple of years previously in Sittingbourne. When he wasn't WWE, he'd recently just left for 3MB. No one really thought much of him. He's come back like a man on fire. And teaming up with him was your guy, the guy you bought with the t-shirt. Well, yeah, my, my newly adopted guy because we sh- we share a similar theme in our surnames. He's Alistair Black and I'm Dan White, obviously. Yeah, Team so, Grey. You know, it's, it's Team <laughs> Grey. Uh, and they was going against my 311 boy and your lover, Bobby yeah. Roode. Yeah, well, yeah, like I say, you're 311 boy CN who uh, shares your birthday, who you share your birthday with. And uh, I think with CN as well, we'll talk about his offense during I think he's one of my favorite wrestlers because of his offense. He can do the high-flying stuff. He can do the hard-hitting chops and strikes as well. And like you say, teaming with up. It was teaming with him. It was a glorious one. They should have the Broken Dreams theme tune. I'm sorry, I don't care. Yeah, they, I agree They should with that. have that. But uh, like I say, he just looks like a star. Uh, and he, he was the biggest guy in the match by a considerable margin. And he just looked impressive. Alistair Black's entrance, did you like it? That was a great entrance as well, yeah. You know, he comes in, does his typical sitting in the middle of the ring. Uh, you know, that was a great entrance. Again, we caught both of their entrances on video. Yes, yeah, we, we got, yeah. And then we had CN. We didn't really catch, well, I <laughs> I videoed his entrance, but I didn't get him. I just got everybody else as he was coming out. Uh, and then we had Bobby Roode, and uh, Bobby Roode's entrance was so great. We've got two versions. We've got the version that I recorded, 
and the version you recorded. Both are going up on YouTube, so you can check out. Yes, and both of them, you can hear James singing at the top of his voice, singing his heart out for uh, his love, Bobby Roode. I was singing my heart out, but everybody, even you were singing. Dave, I was singing along yeah. as well, yeah. Everybody was singing. It was one of those moments in time. It was absolutely brilliant. It, it's what I was there to see. I saved myself to that point, and then I just let everything come out with Bobby Roode. What a glorious entrance it was. And getting in the face of Drew McIntyre as well with the NXT Championship, something that I said all the way back in January that it was going to happen between these two. And they were on opposite sides. But Bobby Roode, my God, was the star. I mean, he was so... And we talk about how great we were for the chance. I mean, Bobby Roode didn't start... The match didn't start for five minutes due to the Bobby Roode chance, you know. Um, so many different variations of it. I mean, I'm not going to list them all here, but you can go back and listen to the chance with Bobby Roode. Um, one of my favourite was Vazda Blacklow. And there was a couple of charts for him. But when he was sitting down... He sits when he wants. <laughs> yeah, he sits where he wants. Alistair Black, he sits where he wants. Which made Drew McIntyre and Bobby Roode laugh. I saw that in their face. Bobby Roode's this glorious thing was just getting better and better as well because it wasn't just a it wasn't just a one arm, then a second arm, and then the gyrating of the hips and getting into it, you know. And then, it was ooh, exactly, yeah. And then yeah, and then getting kicked by Aston Black. Uh, but what did you think of the main event? I thought it was great. Again, you know, we see again. You know, I don't want to keep pointing this out, but again, we saw a few fixing on taping. You know, we see him having a bit of a laugh at the beginning of the match. As you say, it took five minutes to get into the proper action. But, you know, that's when everyone was chanting Bobby Roode and he actually had to get out of the ring, yeah. walk away, compose himself, come back in, and then the chant started for Bobby Roode again, oh. which is a great sight. It, no, it was great. And like I say, CN's offence in it as well. He did the majority of the work for Bobby Roode, you know. Uh, like I say, Bobby didn't want any of Drew McIntyre. Only came in, like, like any great hill should, only came in when uh, it was, you know... Uh, Heavily in their favour. Exactly, the opposition was down and stuff like this as well. And, uh, no, it was, it, was, it was brilliant to experience, especially being front row. Even McIntyre shouting out, like, I'm gonna, you can have the first shot, you bloody wanker, you know, and these little things that you can yeah. hear uh, made the crowd so into it. Uh, and what was the end, Dan? Uh, the end was, well, yeah, Drew McIntyre lining up, well, he was tuning up his own band, which got a lot of a better response than Dolph Ziggler did tuning up the band. I know he's not going for a sweet chin music. He's going more of a big boot, but yeah, he went for his big boot, tuning up his band, but Bobby Roode came on and held on to Drew McIntyre's arm. That, of course, got Alistair Black into the match. He come in and blackout kicked Bobby Roode knocking him off the apron and then he got uh Alistair Black got thrown over the top rope by his partner Drew McIntyre, landed on the apron, done a backflip, took out Bobby Roode, and then CN got his head kicked off and turned inside out by Drew McIntyre for the pin and the victory. Yeah, and then Bobby Roode got his title and got the fuck out of there. Safe in the knowledge that he you know, he didn't get pinned in this match. CN again I mean, CN's win-loss record on NXT is as good as Noam Dars and 205 Lives now. It's got to be. Yeah, well, you know, going into the match, you knew that CN was going to be the full guy for the team. We couldn't really realistically see McIntyre or Black getting pinned, as well as obviously Bobby Roode. But, yeah, you know, that when Roode and CN made their exits, McIntyre and Black stayed in there. And, you know, they acknowledged the fans. They made a promise to the guys in the back, you know, they was going to put on a great show, which they definitely did. They yeah. completely delivered. Managed to screw up his name. 
Yeah, I, I don't know, though. I, know. I look back at it and he says Drew Gallagher McIntyre. But maybe it's because of the impact he's had on the independent scene that people might know him as Galloway. Well, isn't it with him that he's changed his name? I mean, I like the McIntyre. I like McIntyre it's over Galloway. Scottish. Exactly. Drew McIntyre. And, of course, we had the uh, Tommy End, Tommy fucking End yeah. chance when he was sat in the ring. But, you know, they, they didn't go on for as long as... No, I mean, there was obviously a couple of kids in it. I mean, like I say, wasn't a lot of kids, but still one of those chants where we can come up with something more creative, and we did. And you'll hear the chants and the amount of songs that we use for different wrestlers. Uh, you know, uh, and it was a great night. Like I say, McIntyre then went up to the fans who got tattooed. Drew McIntyre's name well, tattooed. Yeah, at the, uh, at the meet and greet where they was at the uh, shopping centre, Drew McIntyre and Oscar both, ta- uh, both signed a fan's arm who then went off and got it tattooed before the main event, you know, which yeah. was, it was great that he acknowledged it. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, he got pictures of him. Uh, and like I say, and then that was the end of the show where we all, we all left. Uh, I should say, first and foremost, that the pics, the sales of the actual show that WWE.com have done, they've released them. They're up on WWE.com now with the Brighton pictures. It's coincidentally, because I went through them and had a look, uh, in the background of No Way Jose dancing on a free, there are two very attractive individuals well, in the background. And if you zoom in, you can tell I've had a shave because I wear my moustache. And Dan, I think you've got a black jumper on with your phone in front of your face. But we can still see it's you next to our two supposed dates. So proof is there that we were, we went. Of got is all the pictures and videos that are going to go up. Uh, of course, YouTube, the videos and the pictures on Facebook and everything else on Twitter as well and Google. But Dan, overall then... Uh, thoughts on the show was there anything that was missing first well we'll start with Nick was there anything that was missing Um, overall I was very happy with the show and you know I don't think they could have added anything else to make it a better experience yeah so you weren't upset you didn't see like the NXT title on the line or well no because again with untaped shows you know that titles aren't going to change hands. Yeah, I think so. That, yeah. You know that doesn't really make any difference to me. The fact that we got to see the undefeated women's NXT champion, we got to see the big guys, authors of pain. You know, we got to see a few wrestlers that we haven't seen yet. And you know, obviously for you, we got to see the NXT champion. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it doesn't make me laugh every time you say that. And his glorious entrance. It's, it was glorious entrance. Uh, no, I absolutely loved the night. I mean, if we're picking bones here, then you could say we didn't see Nikki Cross wrestle, but we still saw her anyway. Uh, Hideo Tommy wasn't there. That would have been nice reaction. That would have been great to see. Uh, but again, there's room, rumor has it, Dan. Rumor has it that he might be going back to Japan. But it looks like WWE on their website are saying this as well. So that would mean he would stay and go to the main roster. So, do you know what I mean? If it wasn't yeah. on, the, on WWE's website. DIY, of course, what happened at TakeOver, we weren't to see them. But we will see, I think, Atami and Gigano Chumpa at some point in time. And the last one, Tyler Bate, of course, the former UK champion. But after losing to Pete Dunne like that, I wasn't expecting to see him for a few weeks anyway until he gets, you know... Um, he, he gets his rematch or whatever he does and he comes back. But yeah, thoughts on the show. So Dan, did it deliver? What rating out of 10 would you give it? And what was your match of the night? I'd give it an 11 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Just for the... I, don't, I think everything come into play that night, you know, the seats, the fan reaction, the, you know, just the general warmth of it all. Um, match of the night, 
I would have to say that it was Pete Dunne going against Mandrews. Yeah, I think that's definitely my great match. match between yeah, the two. That's my match of the night as well. I really, really enjoyed the uh, the chemistry between the two. It was a great match. But the second half as well was fantastic. Like I say, Officer Payne, we want to see Oscar and Ember Moon, and of course, a glorious entrance as well. And I was there front row for Bobby Roode's entrance in NXT as NXT champion, and it doesn't get any better than that. And I would say without doubt, it is the greatest or best wrestling show that I have ever attended in person. Uh, I think that's fair to say, Dan, isn't it? You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, if if anybody is never sure whether to go to an NXT show or you know anything like this, like Dan said, you feel in, you feel a part of it. You feel inclusive. Uh, you you add stuff to it as the fans as well. I would definitely purchase a ticket to an NXT show if it's nearby. Or if to be fair to you, if there's any UK independents nearby you that you want to go see, because this is a great stepping off point for that. You go to these events and you work your way up to the NXT ones as well, because it's only slightly bigger than that. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, and again, you know, you get a lot more of a person you would at a Raw or SmackDown yeah. show, you know, um, uh, well, especially with the independents, because nine times out of 10, they're selling their merch at the end of the show. They come out, have a meet and greet. You get to shake hands and get a Rangers shirt signed by... Yeah. Uh, and, and I felt felt like with NXT, like we were there, we saw them all arriving. You know, we had the chance to go up to them when they were leaving, but we wanted to leave at that point in time as well. Yeah. Because the rain travelling back was absolutely horrendous and we just lucky to get back in one piece. Uh, but no, it's a fantastic show. And it's a day overall, isn't it? Everything, like I said, I dreamed about it the night before and it, it my dream didn't live up to what the actual event was, you know? Well, uh, you know, I think everything fell into place that could have done. You know, the only thing that if they were still accepting people to go and get bits signed as well, you know, that would have probably been the cherry on top of the yes, icing, on top yeah. of the cake. But, you know, just the fact that we was like, right, we're hungry, we're going to get a McDonald's, you know, it's something quick and easy to get. And then we came across Oscar, Andrew McIntyre, and, you know, we was having a smoke break out the back and the butler spotted Drew McIntyre, which was another good yeah. thing. And then, you know, as we're still having our smoke break, you see the coach pull up and then you see, like, you know, all the wrestlers come into the show as well, which, you know, it just all yeah. uh, added up to a great, great exactly. experience. And everybody seemed to be happy to be there, especially the Brit- British talent. Everybody seemed to enjoy themselves, even in the main event, Bobby Roode, McIntyre. Everybody had a, a smile on their face. You know, uh, and this is what NXT is about as well. And, uh, and it was brilliant. So anything else about the, the NXT tour, Dan? No, nothing oh, at all. Okay. So, before we go, all the pictures will be up on Facebook as we're releasing this podcast now. All the pictures will be up Saturday and Sunday this weekend. All the videos will be up on YouTube. We'll have uh, individual highlights of each of the matches and other special things as well. Keep a look for that. It will all be across Twitter as well. Twitter as well. So you can find us there at WWE Network Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. And I'm at J underscore Rodens as well. Uh, and like I say, Facebook pictures from Facebook, Dan. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review. Or you can find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, all the pictures and videos begin up as well. Up there with YouTube. That'll be our main port of call as it was. Google Plus, the WWE Network Review. You can send us an email or whatever you thought. Uh, if you were at NXT and you're hearing this now, tell us what you thought of it. If you weren't, you know, uh, think, tell us what you thought of this episode and us talking about it. Does it make you excited to go to a live show? You know, we're the WNR podcast at gmail.com. Uh, 
next big weekend. Now, the problem is after this, how can we top this, Dan? How can we top us seeing NXT? Well, very, very simple. Because our next big weekend, everybody, get your calendars out. It is the 19th and 20th of August. It is the biggest weekend in WNR podcast history. Because that weekend, we will be having two live shows. Firstly, on a Saturday night for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. We will be doing a kickoff show. And then on Sunday night, first time ever for the WNR podcast, we are the lead-in to SummerSlam. We'll be going on at 11pm that night, of course, because SummerSlam will start at midnight. And it's going to be massive. Dan, you're really excited. Very excited. I can't wait. You know, I love doing the live shows and you can tell they're live because we always have a little cock up in the middle of it. But hey ho, that's the fun of going on live. Exactly. So that is our next big weekend. But don't forget, we are going to do stuff before that. Don't get us wrong. We've got it all worked out for you. We've got Money in the Bank coming up that we're going to do. We're releasing on Wednesday, I should say, WWE Extreme Rules, which we've pushed back a little bit for the NXT special. We've got Wrestling's Most Ridiculous coming up in July. We've got Dan's Randy Orton podcast. That's going to be up soon as well. And, of course, all the latest pay-per-views. And we'll have a couple of uh, WNR specials as well where we have the roundup of the NXT update and 205 Live. But that is for Podcast Extra. That is a lot of talking. Don't forget you can listen to us on SoundCloud. On your phone. Our live episodes will be on Spreaker Radio as well. We're on Stitcher Radio. And you can download, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. But I have been James Rowlands. And as always, I was joined by... And it has been glorious. Thanks, everybody, and bye. Bye. Stop it. You stop it. <laughs>